Salam everyone. Welcome to Umoja's latest series, Community Voice. Uh, this Today's show is co-hosted by myself, Imran Ramsi, and Fatima Al-Sayed. Community Voice talk show incorporates the true essence of Umoja, which means unity. With so many successful and inspiring youth movements and leaders around us, we will be learning their stories, struggles, and ideas to reimagine our own daily lives and goals. And remember, you can always ask questions through the Inspire platform. Uh, which is available on the Umoja app before the show. Today, we'll be speaking with sisters Nohad Hamam and sister Yasmin Nuruddin from the female community of Al-Huda Youth. Al-Huda Female Youth helps youth to build the tools needed to navigate our modern world while maintaining Islamic values. They've hosted uh, lots of events, lectures, workshops, so social and sport related, and uh, for youth to de-stress and form bonds with the Muslim community. Um, they've actually done so much during COVID, so we wanted to bring them on to showcase what you can do, even if you're uh, faced with a lot of difficult challenges. Assalamu alaikum. How are you guys? Alaikum assalam. Alhamdulillah. Good. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Thank you for having excited. us. Thanks for, for this sure. opportunity. It's it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, Sister Nohad, um, if you could, um, perhaps we can start with you. If you could both introduce yourselves uh, personally, as well as your involvement with Al-Huda Female Youth, um, and just talk about what keeps you going to kind of help out in this capacity. Right, so I'm the current female coordinator for the Al-Huda Muslim Youth, specifically the female committee. Uh, and currently what keeps us going is just uh, the help of my committee and the motivation uh -huh. from others. Uh, especially like you said, when everything's happening virtually, it's hard right. to stay motivated. Uh, but thankfully with the new um, advancements with, uh, you know, we can go outdoors and do outdoor events, things are getting better. So that's also another motivation. Okay. And then, um, Sister Yasmin, if you want to just introduce yourself personally and also how you're involved. Sure. Um, so my name is Yasmin Nuruddin. I am the former female youth coordinator at Al-Huda Youth. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been with the youth committee officially for, I think, uh, approximately three years now. Um, now I'm more of a, of a background sort of, I play a background support, um, supporting Nuhad and her team and the youth committee on a whole. Um, and uh, what keeps me going is just, I think, that sense of wanting to give back to community. Um, you know, I, I love working with youth. It's my passion. And uh, I, uh, yeah, inshallah, we're able to give a little bit back and, and gain some in the, in, in the akhirah for our deeds, inshallah. 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 Um, have you both always been involved uh, within the community and within uh, the events that have been previously in the past uh, been done by Al-Huda? So uh, I've grown up in the community like my entire life, but I was never involved from the volunteer aspect of mm -hmm. it. I did attend their, their events, but only since 2019 did I officially join as a volunteer in the committee. And what prompted your uh, sort of um like uh, like want to come into uh the committee and help out right so uh we had this kickoff event mm -hmm. i believe it was in 2018 maybe 2017 and it was just like revamping the entire idea around the youth and what we wanted for the youth and yasmin actually was the coordinator for that event 
And it, it really encouraged me to uh, just volunteer because I was seeing that there was a lot of issues going on and I really wanted to offer my help since I was available and willing to help. And yes, Mean, um, can you tell us about your involvement and how you got into it? Yeah. Uh, you know, similar to Nahad, I, I grew up in the community um, and I've always been a part of the Al-Huda Muslim Society community. Uh, I've volunteered mm -hmm. in the past in many different aspects, whether it's through, you know, like the Women's Committee or mm -hmm. for specific programming like Ashura or Ramadan. But I was never um, like a official uh, mm -hmm. uh, volunteer, part of any official committee until I took on the uh, youth coordinator position for the female youth. And what was your goal when you first went in? Uh, what did you want to change or want to improve uh, in order to get more people like Nahad on the team? Um, so I think one of the one of the things that really sparked my interest is um, it was during Ashura the year before I started, um, like officially I put in my name. I noticed that um, kind of like the youth section wasn't as full as we could. Uh, have it, especially given the size of our community. I mean, relatively, we're a smaller community, but um, I definitely noticed that there was a lack in youth presence. And that was something that like just kind of sparked in me, like my background is um, in youth work, youth research. And um, I, I felt like maybe there's something I can do to help support, you know, bring in some youth. I know just like even from the youth who are in my life, like whether like through family, friends or just people who are relatives, of mine, um, I knew that there was like certain, um, there was some sort of a block that was uh, making them hesitant to come out. Um, and uh, I thought maybe I could provide some support there. And, um, you know, maybe it, it's good. It's always good to have, uh, you know, fresh ideas. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, the first thing I did was, you know, try to get uh, a bunch of new people like Nuhad involved. Um, just to kind of bring in some new blood and uh, and see if we could support. And especially from someone who is uh, has lived those lived experiences, you know, within the society we live in, within the schools mm -hmm. that we've been to, um, having that same experience as the youth is so important. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I will say that um, I, I came from that sort of a, a position where like I have I have mm -hmm. some of the experiences that our youth have today growing up here in Canada. Um, however, I will also acknowledge very clearly that I, I didn't go through a lot of the things that our youth are going through today. today. Um, and mm -hmm. um, like above all else, what, what is required is that em empathetic kind of support. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, that's what um, I'm trying to do. Sister mm -hmm. Yasmin or even Sister Nuhad, um, why do you think it's so important to have that acknowledgement that at the forefront there needs to be someone who has those experiences of growing up in Canada or in North America to lead an organization like this? Either of you could take this one. So um, I think it's really important to have that connection because when they can relate to you, the youth specifically, they see you more of someone that will understand them more mm -hmm. so than someone that has authority over them. And that's a yeah. very important key factor because in the past that was the issue, right? It was more of like an authoritative figure mm -hmm. telling you what to do how to be a Muslim, et cetera. Whereas if someone was had something that was related to you, a connection to you, it was more of like a helping hand. They understand you and they want to help you because mm -hmm. they understand the, the experiences that you went through because they went through the same thing. So I think that's the yeah. important factor. Yeah, and I'll just add, like, I think um, mm -hmm. all the volunteers, obviously, they're 
like their biggest criteria is to support the youth or the community in general. And so, um, you know, despite best efforts, sometimes the most like the, the lowest hanging fruit or the easiest way to get in is to bring in, as Nuhad said, someone who looks like them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not speaking about myself, obviously, but like the other youth coordinators like Nuhad. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, can we maybe talk a little bit about your programs uh, pre-COVID and um, maybe go into some specifics and also how they changed during COVID, how you had to adapt? Um, so, Sister Yasmin, I know as the former youth coordinator, perhaps you can speak a little bit to the programs before, and then maybe Sister Nohad, you can speak to the programs um, during COVID. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, pre-COVID days, when I was the uh, mm-hmm. female youth coordinator, um, uh, Nuhad mentioned, so there was a kickoff. That was the initial event. Um, myself and the former male youth coordinator uh, did a lot of word of mouth, reaching out, calling everyone we knew, um, sending messages on like social media, posting on social media, just trying to get a lot of like reach out to a lot of the youth that we hadn't seen coming, like uh, like the regular youth that usually join our, our yeah. events. Um, mm-hmm. And just trying to really pose this as an event where they can come out speak their minds, share what they like about like what Al-Huda is doing currently and what they would like to see happening in the future. What would it take to get them to come back um, or maybe not even come back, but attend more regularly. Um, and so, you know, Al-Huda was really uh, supportive. The executive board at the time was really supportive and, um, you know, really helped kind of get that movement off the ground. And uh, so what we did, we had this big event. Um, we were really holding our breath at the moment, not knowing how many people would join. But alhamdulillah, we had a really great turnout. And um, essentially what happened, that it was, a, it was almost a full day event. Um, and part of the day was focused on um, gathering information about, about, you know, what the youth need and what they would like to see. Um, mm-hmm. And then we used that information to actually um, build out a two-year plan um, that we revisited one year later uh, with goals around like how we would get um, what we call sort of like um, this middle ground of youth where they're not necessarily the youth that attend regularly or all the time, but they're not completely disconnected. Um, so that was one of our priorities to reach reach more of those youth. And alhamdulillah, we did. Um, we did. Uh, and, and we've seen lots of them even join the committee, which is great. Um, and then uh, another thing that we heard a lot from our youth, um, so we also did many sort of, um, you know, uh, attempts at doing some evaluation, reaching out to our youth and asking them for their opinions about like, um, you know, what type of a program do you want to see gendered, like for the gendered specific programs, as well as the non-gendered specific programs. So we got a lot of feedback around wanting more um, uh, age, appro- like age specific programming, not age appropriate, age specific programming. Mm-hmm. So uh, programming that's for younger youth and programming that's for older youth, as opposed to like one big event for everyone. Um, we got a lot of um, feedback around wanting more fun activities, um, uh, social activities, and we wanted, uh, they wanted a lot of, um, you know, uh, mixed gender events, which we didn't necessarily have too many of um, in the past, just because um, th- the nature of the setup was that the male youth sort of had their own goals and the female youth had their own goals. So um, as a result of, you know, those requests, uh, another uh, you know, huge accomplishment I, I'd say we did was we brought both teams together, the female and youth committee, uh, female and male youth committees together um, 
yes, we still had, you know, some separate goals, but we mm -hmm. were all working towards the same overarching goals um, and like kind of um, in like metrics that we were trying to work within each of these goals. Um, and so mm -hmm. we had that backbone of, of a map um, to support us, support the youth on a whole. Um, we created, um, you know, sort of WhatsApp chats, uh, like male and female. We each have over 100 people um, and growing and um, just we really, really worked on trying to connect more frequently with youth. So mm -hmm. whether that's through social media or through the WhatsApp chat, um, we implemented things like a ski trip um, and um, wow. just some other fun things that was really well received. Uh, Alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. And we did a series of um, different events around like lecture series. Um, mm -hmm. So we do have also we've heard from our youth that they want sort of that elevated um elevated and this is coming maybe from the older youth but that elevated sort of um lecture series or lecture mm -hmm. style um, more philosophical um, um while also maintaining the you know supporting the everyday needs that they have um and just leading up to before i handed over to nuhad we were actually planning mm -hmm. a full day uh conference on the hijab um which we were really excited about and we had um you know spent months kind of uh, of, of of planning to do um, but unfortunately, COVID hit and we had to put a pause on it. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, when I'll, I'll pass it over to Nohad. Right. Uh, COVID uh, stopped all our plans, unfortunately. Uh, um, yeah. As Yasmin mentioned, yeah, we had the hijab event. So after COVID started, we had like a two-month break where we didn't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of like silent on the chats. Uh, you know, people weren't really motivated to attend events. Um, I think it wasn't until Muharram where we kind of um, revamped and, you know, said that we could still do live streams of the lectures. We could still encourage youth to attend. And it was successful because it is such a large event in the year. Um, and then by the end of the year, we decided we should do something personal, especially for the female youth. And we created these mini gift packages to send to um, youth that we know across the community, just to remind right. them that we're still there. We still want to maintain mm -hmm. a personal connection. Um, and we even uh, handed out those gift packages, you know, via driving to their houses just to maintain that personal connection. And uh, it was very nice because we included like little things like a sticker that said sabr, you know, just be patient during this time, uh, goodies. Um, we also had vouchers and, and these vouchers actually supported businesses that were run by sisters in our community, mm -hmm. uh, especially on Instagram. And they had actually just recently built up these businesses during COVID. And that was just another way to tie in our our support of our youth and encouraging them to start up their own businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just like, yeah, providing support and also saying that we're still there to maintain a personal connection. So that was a very great event. It was very successful. That um, sounds like it was very warm and it was very nice for people to experience that. Um, what was the best program that you guys did during uh, COVID and that you helped to, I mean, implement later on even in an even better way? So uh, I think our best event would be the Ramadan challenge that we hosted. Mm -hmm. um, it was very successful because, number one, we did a lot of advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, a member from our committee conducted all the media, all the posters. So it was very personalized, very interesting to the eye. Also, uh, we reached out to the Hamilton youth community to mm -hmm. kind of co-host the event, just to bring in more numbers and also just create that connection across different communities. Uh, another thing would be uh, we made it more of like a competition series style. Mm -hmm. So I think that factor encouraged a lot of youth to attend. Also, they had to attend via a team, right? So it was not only competing on their own, but with others. And so it just made everything more interesting. 
Uh, and thankfully, we got a lot of attendance and it was via Zoom sessions. So it was also still personal. Um, and we actually got, I think, 50 people attend uh, each Zoom session to, um, throughout the entire month. And it was very consistent. And we are very proud of uh, running that program. And uh, hopefully uh, the programs in the future continue to be like that. But I think we're done with COVID. <laughs> I think we're going to transition to in-person now. So we keep saying that, but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Um, Did you guys get, I I know that you guys got a lot of feedback from these events and stuff. What was the most heartwarming feedback that you got either from the Ramadan programs, the online events, or um, from the gift baskets that you guys gave out to people? Yeah. So like for the gift baskets, a lot of girls said that, oh, thank you. Like, I didn't expect this. You know, I've been at home. I've been studying during COVID. I haven't been seeing anybody. And it was just very nice to see that, you know, there was still something that we could do, something to like to receive. Right. Mm-hmm. I think for me, one thing that stands out, one of the quotes from the feedback surveys that we uh, sent out was, um, I've built relationships with people from my community outside of the Al-Huda Center as well. So I'm not just, you know, hanging out with them during program, but I'm actually mm-hmm. hanging out with them outside of program, which is like amazing. Like we're like, because of their interaction with some of the programming that we've been offering, they've not only built new relationships like within the actual center, but, you know, this is something that has, you know, stretched beyond the walls of the center and, and into their mm-hmm. personal lives. And that's just like, for me, that's, that's the greatest thing that um, we're supporting, you know, our, our community members to to become close with each other, and inshallah, you know, provide like, you know, that that good relationship, that wholesome relationship mm-hmm. that we all mm-hmm. seek for ourselves and our, our friends and family. And that network of support, of community Definitely. feeling, and yeah, that's amazing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And speaking we, about um, community feelings. Yeah, no, if we okay. continue on that topic a little bit, um, I know during COVID there were a lot of struggles with mental health within our community and um, within every community really. So can you talk about as an organization, how did you kind of tackle that um, knowing that your members had mental health struggles during isolation? And um, what did you do to support your members? And, and even through all the feelings of loss that mm-hmm. pervaded the, the COVID months, can you just go into that a little bit? Right. So uh, we decided that um, as a female committee, we should conduct these de-stressor events. So essentially Mm -hmm. what they were were these Zoom sessions where they just de-stress doing fun activities while still kind of engaging with the youth committee, uh, letting things out, discussing how they feel during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so far we've done two sessions. They've been, uh, I'd say quality-wise, they've been great. We've we've been able to get Mm -hmm. more one-on-one information from youth in the community. However, obviously, the attendance was just a bit lower compared to our other programs because it just felt more personal. And I feel like people would be more hesitant to put themselves out there, uh, you know, to talk in a very like small Zoom session compared to mm-hmm. a live stream of a, a, of a lecture and a speaker is speaking. So mm-hmm. they're really beneficial. Um, I just think that we need to encourage youth just to be more personal and not be afraid to be personal with others. Um, and those were the de-stressor sessions. Uh, we also had a loss in our youth that occurred in the community, um, and it was a very sudden loss, uh, and it was of a young person, and a lot of people in the community, youth specifically, knew them. And so as a, as a youth committee, we decided that we should acknowledge this moment, especially during the pandemic where we've been seeing a lot of loss already. This one just felt more personal because it was someone that you know many people knew. Um, and we conducted this just grief session, essentially, and it was a Zoom session honoring uh, the person, um, 
you know, we got quotes from the youth about what they felt about the person, if they had experiences with them, and also what they just felt about death and um, just the concept of it. And it was very successful. We had 50 plus people on the Zoom session and we got a lot of support from the family, from the community, and they really liked that we acknowledged this uh, because it felt like a like just a, a, an obstacle, not an obstacle, but more like a, a step in the journey that the youth had to overcome during the pandemic. And I was glad that as a committee, we were there to provide them the hand, the helping hand to go through that obstacle. So I think it was very successful. I can add to that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, during the first Ramadan of COVID, we also put out um, these uh, wellness sort of uh, posts, I guess, on our social media on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had four categories. We had uh, religion slash spirituality. We had uh, fun. We had um, just like uh, learning, like essentially learning, or maybe it was three categories, sorry. Um, and uh, what we did was we would, um, as a committee, male and, and female, we would come together on a weekly uh, on a weekly basis and just kind of share materials that we could put in these posts, um, and they could be like something like I said, fun, like you know, a new recipe or a new game. Um, we would offer things um, like articles or videos to watch. Um, around subjects that might be of interest to our young people around religion or around just general, you know, like wellness and, and health and mental health or just physical health. Um, and so uh, we, we, uh, we made sure that we put one out every week. Um, and so that was sort of our way at just sort of the beginning of, of COVID to, to let our community know that we're still here. Um, yes, we're not able to offer our in-person normal events, but we are still here. Um, and just to add on, on to what, um, uh, you know, Nohad was sharing around just like, you know, uh, being like essentially just being there for our young people and letting them know that we're there, whether they come to us or not. And we have had many youth reach out for, you know, uh, you know, personal questions or personal supports. Um, I mean, uh, like, like research in the field, like very clearly indicates that um, a young person will be set up more likely to be set up for success if they have someone in their lives, a peer or a mentor in their lives, um, in addition to their parents, um, who they can go to uh, and, and feel that they'll be supported. Whether they go to them or not is irrelevant, as long as they know that there's someone. So mm -hmm. on that um, WhatsApp chat, we would regularly reach out and just say, um, you know, like, oh, here's our upcoming event. By the way, if you ever need anything, if there's any sort of... Um, uh, you know, personal thing or community thing that you need to reach out to someone, know that we're always here for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that went a long way in, in helping to build that trust as well. During your events, um, you know, what I hear is you guys are really trying to impact each person individually and trying mm -hmm. to get to, um, you know, these, these youth that might not be very close to, to the communities. Um, oftentimes we hear uh, when people speak about events, oh, this many, this amount showed up. We had 150 people mm -hmm. show up. We had a thousand people show up. So how important is it to have more of an audience mm -hmm. versus having that smaller audience? Uh, but, you know, what, which one creates more impact for you? I think right, so, oh, oh. Go ahead, Nohad. Sure. Whoever wants to answer. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, so as you see mentioned previously, we call them the neutrals. That was the goal to attract the neutrals to the community. Um, and by doing so, I, I truly believe it's based on quality one-on-one -on -one events. Even if it's a small gathering, 
just like emitting, like, like she said, that presence that you're there and maintaining a quality connection is just better than having a bunch of people attend, but you not being able to impact any of them. Whereas if it was like a small net event, you were able to, you know, impact that one person. And now you've, you've secured that neutral, we can say, right. Mm-hmm. And you made that relationship and you're sure that they're going to come and attend other events. Mm-hmm. So I think that's our main goal for sure. For sure. I mean, it's lovely when you put on an event and you see 100 people show up. That's great, mm-hmm. right? Um, and alhamdulillah, we have had events like that. But we've also had, as Nohad said, um, I think pre-COVID, we had a, a, one of our uh, de-stress events for sisters. And um, I think we had, if I'm remembering correctly, about 12 people show up, mm-hmm. which is a very small group. But it was a very deep conversation. Um, and the girls really opened up. And um I know that, like I said, usually people, and and as you've mentioned, you know, tick off numbers, like the more numbers, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, And in some cases, that is the case. Um, However, um, you know, if we're seeing a couple of new youth come in and we're reaching them at a depth, you know, our our goal is to reach them through depth as opposed to breadth. Mm -hmm. Um, I, for me personally, I see those two new faces that are coming consistently now, um, as opposed to maybe never coming before or very rarely coming before, that is more of a success to me than, um, you know, having a thousand people show up at an event, mm-hmm. um, right. as Nuhad mentioned. Yeah. 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 I feel like that really speaks to how committed you are to, you know, the youth yes. of, of your community. You know, for Ashura program, um, the one thing that constantly I, I, I smile at is, you know, we usually have a section for our young people and, and we often have a bunch of young people just kind of standing outside, not inside, not in the, mm-hmm. not the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people see that as, as, you know, like, oh, it's a, like we're failing, we're not getting them in. Um, of course, the ultimate goal is to bring them inside, right? <laughs> but to me, to see, you know, a 17-year-old guy or a, a 19-year-old girl who could pretty much be anywhere else, still come consistently for 10 nights, 13 nights, whatever the program is, showing up, even if they're not inside, technically, they're mm-hmm. still in Al-Huda. There's still, still there. something connecting them. Mm-hmm. So those are the people that we need to, you know, really grab onto. And it's not, it, it's not a failure. It's a success that they are still coming. Like they, as I said, these are young adults. They could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're yeah. still choosing to come. So I think... They've done hard work, and now it's your your job to sort of pull them in there, right? Exactly. And have exactly. the programs that really pull and show them that you know this is where you should be. Yeah, come in. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah, that's that where the trust in. comes in, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, so we are unfortunately almost out of time, but we do want to ask <laughs> about two more things. Um, sure. So first, uh, Sister Nohad, I know you had mentioned that inshallah we're moving back to in-person activities um perhaps in the coming weeks months um so yeah <laughs> so what are your future goals for Al-Huda as we kind of move away from the online like zoom <laughs> covid um and into like you know more i guess normality what would you say right. for the goals going forward so uh one of the goals is to just continue the de-stressor events in person Mm-hmm. Um, as we done as we had done before COVID, um, and another goal is to just continue doing um, uh, both gendered events, so male and female, on a large scale, um, because we've noticed that we should do more fun, entertaining events just to attract people to right. the center 
And then hopefully by attracting them, we can then make like form those quality relationships. So hopefully conducting, for example, more ski trips, more banquets, et cetera. And then a third would be continuing with our uh, speaker style sessions where we, where we bring in like a, a different speaker bi-monthly to discuss mm-hmm. their experiences and just provide a new perspective to the youth. So those would be, those would be my top three goals. Okay. Inshallah. Um, and our final question for you, Yasmin, is what advice do you have for youth or for other youth groups um, that they can take forward with them when implementing their programs or when the youth are planning to attend uh, different programs? So I would say my, my piece of advice um, coming out of my personal experience is I think that we all want to go and attend programs where you, you feel good where you mm-hmm. take something away mm-hmm. and you leave feeling uplifted, you leave feeling like you've built uh, you know, some knowledge or some skill that you didn't have or strengthened a skill mm-hmm. or a piece of knowledge that you didn't have before going in. We want to be in a place where we're welcomed. We want to be in a place where we know that um, I've got this like community supporting me, right? Mm-hmm. And so my, my biggest uh, you know, sort of advice would be, what can you do looking, like take a long, hard and truthful look at what you currently offer? And is there a way that you can implement any changes to allow for that space to be felt as more uh, safe and more mm-hmm. welcoming? And when I say safe, obviously I don't mean like physically safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. where a youth feels like they can come in and not feel judged, um, mm-hmm. but rather feel supported. And as I said, with the, you know, the Ashura program, youth who are coming, you know, whether they're seen as like disconnected or not as close to the the mosque or the center as we would like, the fact that they're still there, the fact that they're still on that WhatsApp chat, they haven't left the WhatsApp chat, like, like to me, those are like the golden opportunities where we can support them to come in and get closer to us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in addition to that, I would also advise very strongly that programs should be um, not afraid or center should be not afraid to implement change, to mm-hmm. implement um, what is needed for today. Uh, mm-hmm. Today's youth are different than, forget our parents' generation, even mm-hmm. 10 years ago, okay? The yes. needs of today's yeah. youth are completely different than 10 years ago. And we need to continuously adapt to provide the program that that needs, that the, they need. Um, and we need to sort of, take a deep breath around subjects Mm -hmm. that we may consider taboo um, Mm -hmm. or have been like traditionally considered taboo because these are the, these are the channels that our youth are falling into Mm -hmm. um, and falling, I would say victim to. Um, We need to be that backbone for them to come to us for the support, not to go outside. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And my last piece, sorry, I know I'm taking too long, but my last piece is, I want our young people to be proud of who they are, to be proud that they're Muslims um, and to never feel like they have to hide part of their identity, whether that's in Al-Huda or in our communities in general or whether that's outside. You need to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put you on this earth for a reason. Okay, it wasn't a mistake. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't make any mistakes. Astaghfirullah. You were put on this earth for a reason. What is the reason that you were put on this earth for? If every young person went forth with that mentality and knew that they had the backing of their family, their community, mm-hmm. their friends, nothing can stop them from achieving ultimate success, inshallah. Um, and so helping them build that confidence um, should be our number one goal. Um, and the number one way to do that is to make sure that they feel like they can come to you, that they can trust you, 
and that you're providing them with what they need. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that invaluable advice. It's uh, It really shows how much um, experience and how much passion you had for helping out and really creating an impact within your community. Um, and and Nohad, I was yeah, sorry, I was I'm interrupting you. Uh, that w- I, I forgot to say, putting people in places like Nohad um, and some of our other um, uh, youth committee members who mm-hmm. are, you know, like super smart, you know, know exactly what our young people need and so committed. So, mashallah, that it's so amazing to see this next generation take mm-hmm. on. Sorry, I interrupted you. No worries. I was just going to say thank you so much, Nahad, for, um, you know, t- taking that step forward because it's a difficult step to take and mm-hmm. um, responsibility to put on yourself to become the leader of, you know, <laughs> this, this, these youth that you feel res- so much responsibility for them, right? Um, so thank you both for all the hard work you're doing within our communities. And inshallah, we'll see even more success in the future. Inshallah. Thank, thank you, you for the opportunity thank to you. speak on us. Thanks. That wraps up this episode of Community Voice, where we heard from the people behind Al-Huda Female Youth. Um, and just so you know, you can check out Al-Huda Youth at Al-Huda Muslim Society on Instagram. Um, to hear a replay of this show, you can visit the UMentor website under prior talk shows uh, or subscribe to our Apple podcast, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Mm-hmm. Please join us next week again for the UMentor talk show, um, Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Inshallah. Emoja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community. <laughs>